clap our hands and let's give God the praise. He is the holy God. He created the heavens and the earth. He is the mighty God. He is Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the last. He is the beginning of this life and he's the end of this life. Let's give him praise for the wondrous works he has done, for the wondrous things he has created. Lord, there is none like you, Lord. None can compare to you. None compares, O Lord God, to the majesty and the brilliance of your creation, O Lord. Let us praise him. Let's magnify him. Come on, let's let's lift our hands and let's praise him with a loud voice and with a high praise, with a hallelujah in our spirit that have come forth. Lord God, I praise you, mighty one. There is none like you, none beside you, Lord. Fill us full of your spirit. Fill us full of the Holy Ghost. That, O Lord God, that this may be the beginning, Lord, of something great and something new. My Lord and my God, let this not end here, but, O Lord, let this continue, Lord, forevermore. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. It feels good here in the house tonight, does it not? Amen. Well, let's just take a moment. Let's just reach over and greet our neighbors just for a few minutes. In Jesus' name.
Come on, let's praise him. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Let's give him a thundering clap of a praise. Come on. Our God is a mighty God. He deserves so much more than what we can give. In Jesus' name, Lord, and thank you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. As Jesus prepare to take up an offering, we just have a few announcements to get through. So just bear with me just for a few moments. Early morning prayer daily here at the church, 5.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Come, get your mind right, get your spirit right before you start the day. And just be a witness unto people all throughout the day. Amen? All church prayer tomorrow night at 7 p.m. I encourage even visitors to come out, come out and join us in a time of prayer, in a time just of good, solid prayer and good, solid just getting in with the things of God and getting in touch with the Almighty God. Amen? And then following service directly tonight, all cadets and former cadets, there will be a meeting for you back in the staff office directly following service. So just be there, be present, and just come back there. And there is going to be a youth trip to Wenatchee this Friday. There's going to be a meeting following service. See Brother Jake for any details. And just meet us back there. Meet us back there in that prayer room. Amen, all youth. And then men's prayer. All men, say amen. That's what I'm talking about. Men's prayer this Saturday at 7 a.m. Just come, just get in touch with God. It's always a good time. Brother Sergeant always leads and does a fabulous job Saturday mornings. And then this Sunday following service, there's going to be a baptism ministry fundraiser. So just come and just right after service on Sunday, just come and join us and support the baptism ministry. They always do a fantastic job. And if you have any questions, see Sister Lisa Rodriguez, and she'll be sure to fill you in. Amen. And then let's also not forget service this Sunday, 10.30 a.m. for prayer, 11 o'clock for service. Come and expect great things from God. Let's take up an offering. Lord, I love you and I praise you, mighty God. Lord, there is none like you, none beside you. No, Lord God, I thank you for the blessings that you have bestowed on us. And Lord, thank you for the presence of God that we feel here in this house. No, Lord God, you have given so much that we can't even compare. Lord, we can't even, Lord, start to give. But, oh, Lord, God, let the giving that we give, oh, Lord, let it be given to the kingdom. Lord, let it be for the fulfilling of the service and, Lord, for the fulfilling of your purpose. In Jesus' name I pray.
gentlemen I want to tell you that there's not one service that can we can afford to waste not one moment can be wasted let's love him let's give him praise oh man I'm thankful just love God tonight just so thankful for the Holy Ghost tonight praise God praise God praise God Really quick before you're seated, it's good to have Pastor and Sister Marks here from Sandpoint. And it's good to see my grandson, Brave. And, uh, but we want to pray for Pastor Marks' mother. She had a heart attack yesterday. I believe she's still in the hospital in Tulsa, could you lift up the name of Vicki Marks, please? Let's pray right now by the authority of the name of Jesus. God, lay your hand upon her virtue and strength. By the authority of the name of Jesus, you do all things well. Whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do. God, I pray you will touch her and raise her up. Give her strength to live the rest of her days in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. It's great to see everybody in the house of the Lord tonight. Looking forward to having a great time this Sunday. Be inviting people out and uh, we'll see what the Holy Ghost will do. Somebody was baptized on Sunday. It's a young... Yes. Yes. And uh, what, I'm sorry, what was it? What? Brianna? Rihanna? Rihanna. Rihanna was baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And uh, when you see that somebody's been born again of water and spirit, you need to go over and greet your new brother or sister and welcome Welcome them to the body, the body of Christ, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're excited. All right. I'd like to direct your attention to the book of Matthew, chapter number 28. <clears throat> Good to see everybody. We still have a few visitors with us.
good to see them. Jesus' name. For the first time in several generations, there are more people leaving California than there are moving there. And so we understand at Cornerstone these dilemmas and situations of life. And uh, I'll just let it go at that. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, Matthew chapter number 28. This is going to be a familiar uh, portion of Scripture, but nonetheless, we have some important things to talk about. We're going to start in verse number 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them. He's addressing the 11 disciples. Judas has already forfeited his placement in God's plan. And so the 11 are there, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach. Everybody said teach. All nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching. Everybody said teaching. Teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. And I want to talk to us about making disciples. That's what I want to talk about tonight. Making disciples. Let's pray. Father, we love you, praise you, thank you for your word, your people, your spirit, just all the good things that you've blessed us with and all of the great things that are in our future by the grace and the plan of God. Pray that you're with us in a special measure tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Making disciples. Had a subtitle for this tonight. It would simply be from a convert to a disciple. Because both of these positions, postures, are covered in this particular passage. Let's take another look at this. Verse number 18 And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That word teach comes from a Greek word that literally means the immediate trans the translation, the immediate translation from Greek into English, which is a big deal. Because English has far more variables than any other language in the world. So the translation from Greek or Hebrew or any other language into English and to get it right is a big deal. And the immediate translation of this word teach is disciple. That's what that word means right there. Make a disciple, and if this is a chronological um, connection, 
then the next thing would be to baptize them in the name of Jesus. Now you say, well, it doesn't say Jesus, but that's what it means. The name of the Father. In John 5.23, it says, I come in my, my Father's name. In John 14.26, he says, the Holy Ghost will be sent in my name. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 18 through 23 said, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. So when you say in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, we know that that is talking about in the name of Jesus. And somebody said amen. But then verse number 20 has the word teaching with the T capitalized. It's a different word. This word is didasco, which means teaching or admonish. Okay, instruction. So one form of teaching leads, if we take this in a chronological sequential order, one form of teaching brings a person to become regenerated. And then once they are regenerated, which is the new birth, there is another form of teaching that is introduced into their life. Do you see that? This is the only scripture in the New Testament that reveals this. Uh, the Great Commission is recorded also in Mark and also in Luke, but in both of those accounts, it is not, it does not talk about instruction. It just talks about preaching, okay? And preaching is different from teaching. You all know that, don't you? Okay, preaching is where the pastor yells, Hallelujah! And teaching is where I tell. If you dare repeat that outside of this room tonight, they'll think we're crazy. I had one guy that said, uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to that church because I'm not used to a guy getting up in front of everybody and screaming at us. And, of course, he didn't understand that that volume was highly saturated by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Lots of excitement. Okay. So what we want to talk about uh, for the next several minutes tonight is the transition. And make no mistake about it, there is, there is a reality. And most of you, under the sound of my voice, have experienced this reality. But we don't often talk about this. So tonight we are going to talk about it. We're going to stick it under a microscope. And we are going to, we're going to look at this, this, this change that takes place from a convert to a disciple. Um, it is clear in Matthew's account here that at the heart of the Great Commission that Jesus is not just interested in us being converted. And I will say that I'm very excited about where this church is at. And I don't want to spend a lot of time, but I want to tell you that, that I'm very excited about this. When you have people that are first-time visitors that are responding to the pull and the pulse of the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the people of God, and that combination that takes place in a, in a church service, and they are being regenerated, they're obeying the gospel, they're being converted. They're being regenerated by the power of God. That is a wonderful thing. 
Somebody said amen. And I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, don't take that for granted. It's not happening everywhere at that level of frequency. But I believe that that is one of the indicators of a healthy apostolic environment, that you are basically taking the Jerusalem model. Okay? The Jerusalem model is spelled out in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, most specifically Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 1, of course, Jesus said to go back and wait for the promise of the Father. Okay? So they do that. There's 120 of them in the upper room. They are in a prayer meeting. We'll talk about that a little in a few minutes. But they're in a prayer meeting, but not just any kind of random, undirected, uh, just, just mindless prayer meeting. It is a prayer meeting where they are waiting for the promise of the Father. And the Bible said on the day of Pentecost, while in a prayer meeting, the Holy Ghost falls. They are all filled with the, the power of the Holy Ghost, and they all begin to speak with other tongues, and they spill out into the cobblestone street, and they are all glorifying and magnifying God. In this context, there are others that are there that see the demonstration of the Spirit that started in a prayer meeting. Prayer, demonstration, preaching. Peter gets up in verse number 14. He immediately begins to quote the Old Testament and tell them that this that you now see and hear is a fulfillment that was spoken by the prophet Joel. These men are not drunken as you suppose. but they, It's 9 o'clock in the morning, but they are filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. He preaches to them. He preaches them an eloquent, Holy Ghost-filled, spiritually directed message and at the end of that convicting message, there are 3,000 that are baptized. Okay, that is the Jerusalem model. Church service at Cornerstone does not begin in the parking lot. It begins in the prayer room. It is not just a random, mindless, just shuffling around kind of a prayer meeting. We are praying for God to meet with us. God moves in the prayer room. It comes in and spills over into the worship service. The man of God gets up and preaches. People respond to the preaching. Are you getting this? You can't improve on perfection. It's the Jerusalem model. Hallelujah. So that's taking place here. So the Great Commission that is found in Matthew and Mark and Luke, the nucleus of that, is that the preaching of the gospel. It is the preaching of the gospel. But only Matthew's account takes it beyond the preaching of the gospel and goes from conversion to becoming a disciple. Okay? What is a disciple? A disciple, listen carefully, a disciple is a pupil a student, a learner, a, an adherent indicating thought accompanied by endeavor, listening, following through with action. And so a disciple is more than just a person that comes to Bible study, but they are a person that is listening. They are what the Bible says, taking heed. It's not just a casual observation or just a casual, yeah, I went to church, 
what did the pastor talk about? Man, I don't know. Hand me, the, hand me a taco. You ever had a service like that? Hand me a taco. What did the pastor talk about? Oh, I don't know. He made us laugh and we went home. That's horrible. There should be a little bit more on the bone than just a good laugh and go home. Okay? We're becoming. We're becoming something. Look at your neighbor and say, you are becoming. You're becoming something good. Say it like you mean it. Say it with faith. You are becoming absolutely every human being that is being drawn by the power of the gospel is becoming. Hallelujah. And so the very first word, teach, that is found here in verse number 19 is translated disciple. That is not the completion of the journey. Because we still have to go to the water to be baptized. And then the word in verse 20 with a capital T is the teacher. And so Jesus has furnished in this equation both the pupil, the student, and the teacher. Which if anybody is ever going to be saved, there has to be somebody that is teaching a Bible study or somebody that is leading by example, or somebody that gave a testimony. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, we ought to be talking, we ought to be gossiping the gospel. I don't want to talk about how bad Washington, D.C. is and how bad everything in the world is. I want to be talking about how good God is. If you can't talk about anything else, say, come to church with me on Sunday. It's exhilarating. It's powerful. It's wonderful. It's glorious. God will heal you. God can touch you. You can be delivered. You can experience salvation. Clap your hands and give him praise. Disciple and teach. That is the goal of God. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have given this a considerable amount of thought because it is not just at the heart of God and the heart of the Great Commission, but it is also the heart of Cornerstone. And I realize that everything begins from leadership and trickles down. But I will tell you that after pastoring for a little over 25 years, that the greatest challenge to the 21st century is going from conversion to discipleship. We live in a culture that wants to feel good. That's why marijuana has been legal. And I want to tell you, no THC in that water you're pouring. I don't need happy water. 
formerly marijuana-stained fingers that I use to turn Bible pages. I do not need marijuana to feel good. I don't care what's legal. It's not all expedient. I don't care what they legalize. And they've legalized, they have, they have gone against the word of God in areas that I don't even want to explore tonight, but they, they have merit to talk about because culture is, is going the way of least resistance in, in taking care of the needs of people's flesh. And make no mistake about it, if you follow your flesh, you're going to go to hell. If you let your flesh dictate everything that you do or don't do, you are going to be lost. And I want to tell you, your flesh has a voice. And it does not want to pray. It does not want to sacrifice. It does not want to obey. It does not want to line up to the Word of God. It does not want to follow the Spirit of God. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. I did not get in this to take the easy way. I did not get in this to be lost. I did not get in this to make a name for myself. I got in this to be safe. And I'm still on that journey tonight. Clap your hands and give him praise. I want the devil to know I've not backed off from that. I intend on going to heaven. I intend on making heaven my home. You cannot afford to let your flesh win. A lot of people going that way. There's a lot of churches going that way. You don't have to say amen. It's the truth anyway. They don't think that there's a lot of people think you can't build a church by, by teaching the word of God. I want to tell you what. If you get people full of the Holy Ghost, which is where the conversion is, the discipleship, if they really love God, will become a snap. The key is, is to get them to, to pray. We're going to talk about some things tonight. Because if you fall in love with Jesus, I want to tell you, there's no devil in hell. There's no lust. There's no pleasure. If you mess up, get back up. Get in the altar. That's what the blood's for. And keep on going. Yea, though I fall seven times, I'm going to get right back up. Rejoice not over my, me, my enemy, for when I fall, I'm going to get right back up. I'm going to get right back up. Making disciples is at the key, of the, is at the center, the nucleus of this church. And the way it becomes the nucleus is for us to talk about it and to just absolutely keep it in our view. This church is doing a marvelous job of witnessing and bringing people to church and just keep it up. The days, the days are short. Don't, don't slack off. Keep it up. Great is your reward. Great is the reward of a soul winner. I'm going to say that again. Great is the reward of a soul winner. I heard one man say that a soul winner has a bigger target on his back than the pastor does. Think about that a little bit. Soul winner has a bigger target on his back than the pastor does. Might be some truth to that some days, some days. I realize that we're growing, 
we're going somewhere, we're moving, we're lengthening the cord of our tent, we're pushing, I believe in being aggressive, I was aggressive for the devil, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give God seven times more, I'm always dreaming of bigger, bigger, greater, more glorious, more wonderful, more God. But the reality of it is, is form is one thing, but you've got to have substance. Like it's easy to fake people out. Is that all right? Okay. You've got to have content for it to be real. Like, see, that's one of the reasons why social media is so big in our world, because you can fake people out with a text message and a little picture, okay? People are moving away from reality. Everything is anonymous. Everything is, you know, a picture and a screen name, and, and gullible people fall for that stuff. The reality of it is, is the church exists on planet Earth to produce a specific quality. Jesus called it the abundant life. What is an abundant life? An abundant life, this is just a thumbnail sketch, but an abundant life is a life in which Jesus has become the center. He's not on the sideline. He's not, I, oh, I came, I came to talk to Jesus tonight. Well, what did you do on Monday? Well, you know, we don't really want to go there. Yes, we do. We can go there in this altar. What What are you going to do tomorrow? Well, you know, I got my own plans. I got my own deal going, blah, 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 blah. And I understand some of that. But the reality of it is an abundant life is where Jesus is at the center. I don't go on vacation to get away from God. I don't have a different set of standards that I that I follow on vacation. I mean, nobody's looking. I want to tell you, if you can live for God on vacation when nobody's looking, you are really living for God. If you can live for God in an empty house with a computer there and all kinds of stuff, and you're and nobody's there to watch you, but you say, you know what? Devil, you can talk to me all day long, but I got Jesus in here, and I'm not letting go of what I got. It took me too long to get here. It took some blood, some scratching, some digging my knees in the carpet, and I'm not going to yield up anything. Clap your hands and give God the praise. You are living the abundant life, and it's worth everything it takes to get there. looks on people's faces, I walk in and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to pray for somebody. I'm telling you, you are looking at the face of dismal hopelessness. I'm not making fun. I am not making fun. But I'll tell you what, if I was to sit down and talk to some of these people, hey, what's going on? Yeah, you know, we were, yeah, we got to drinking too much and the guy lost control of the car and my buddy here's got a broken arm and a an inflamed gizzard, and he doesn't know if he's going to make it. And we got to wait three hours for a doctor to give him a hickory nut and, and give him a couple aspirin and send him home. And then you go to the next guy, and they got this problem. The next guy, and there was a marital fight, and she got to drinking too much, and she took a swing at him and missed. And, 
Am I talking about some of you tonight? I'm just kidding. And he went ahead and let her have it, and she's missing a couple teeth. And they said, we're going to get in in about five hours. Honey, I'm not regretting the day I came to an altar. I'm not regretting laying down the bottle. I'm not regretting one thing. This is the abundant life. All the little headaches, all the little problems, honey, you're on your way to heaven. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. Clap your hands and give him praise. What an incredible hope that you have. Wonderful. But the reality of it is, is that it is an incredible challenge. Once somebody's converted, that's when the work starts. You know, we make a big deal around here, and we should. It's a celebration when somebody is born again of the water and the spirit. It's a big deal. But that's when the work starts. Well, I'll see you next Sunday. What are they going to do for the next six days? Devil's going to move in. Mother-in-law is going to spring a leak. And all the mother-in-laws say amen. Yeah, some of you... Some of you got an attitude. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I pick on mother-in-laws, but my wife's a mother-in-law. She's a good one. I'm blessed. I've got a great mother-in-law. Praise God. I really do. But she let it be known when she comes to visit, that thermostat on the wall, it's now mine. Okay breaking a sweat in the middle of the night, but if it'll keep peace for the next couple weeks, okay. Some of you know just what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. The number one factor, the number one factor that is critical in making this all happen is the proper environment. Environment is everything. And a few years back, I put just a couple thoughts in a book about this because I had seen our church transition from absolutely nothing to something. And one of the most critical factors in that, in transitioning from nothing to something, is you have to be ahead of the game and know the possibility that exists if the environment's correct. You see, it's hard. That's why people that will come out of this congregation and go, go to distant lands or go across town or whatever the case may be and do a work for God, they will use this environment as th this will be their model. Are you all getting this tonight? This is not a negative thing. This is not a humanistic thing. This is a God thing. This is why the Holy Ghost was poured out in Jerusalem, and the Jerusalem model became the model of all revival that, that went into distant lands. Paul to Rome and everybody all over the world, it started at Jerusalem, which is the mother of us all. And so if you have the right model, 
then you, you have a design in which to create for an environment. You understand what I'm saying? I remember as a kid, there was a lizard. Uh, I lived in California, and I was really into snakes, lizards, and creepy stuff. And there was a lizard. It was a, it was, they called it an alligator lizard. lizard. It was about 15 inches long. And I really wanted this lizard. So I caught this lizard, and I put it in a terrarium. I had We had an old aquarium. It uh, wasn't very big, about, about like that. And I put a rock in it, some grass. And I built the lizard a house. And, you know, just trying to couple scraps from the table and that dude died on me I went through all this trouble man to, you know hey man that's some good stuff right there if you don't eat it I'll eat it and that lizard ended up dying on me I don't know what's so funny about all that but okay The environment has to be right to sustain. Are you with me here tonight? You can't just show up and say, well, I'm just going to come here and try to create an environment where people are going to be converted and then have the potentiality for discipleship. You have to engage. You that are in the pew, you play a very important role in creating this environment in which all of this happens. It's not a one-man show. It was never designed by God to be a one-man, one-personality type of a deal. It is an exercise of the body in which the body operates in conjunction with the Holy Ghost. And in a, in a service like on Sunday, the, 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 the anointing of the Holy Ghost comes here and it goes out and it creates an ebb and a flow between the pulpit and the pew. And when that, that ebb and flow begin to work together, there's a rhythm that is sustained. And anything that is in that creates a vortex. And if there's a sinner in that building, there's a likelihood they're going to be in the altar. And if there's somebody that's hungry for God, there's a likelihood they're going to be in the altar. And if they need deliverance, there's a likelihood there's going to be. You have a part to play. Clap your hands and give God the praise. The churches that have become stoic and wooden, and they wonder why we're not growing, and they wonder why things aren't living, and they wonder why nobody wants to go. Hey, if you want people to sustain, you got to have more power here than there is on a bar stool. And that comes from leadership. Because oftentimes if the pew was in control, they would say, go easy on me tonight. I don't feel like it. I want to tell you, to create an environment, you got to say, it ain't about me. It ain't about how I feel. It ain't about what kind of day I had. Is there a sinner here tonight? Is there somebody who needs to be converted? Is there somebody that needs God? Clap your hands and give him praise. Environment is everything, absolutely everything. And this church has, there's other churches, I'm not putting ours above any. I'm just saying this one has a very healthy environment. The reality of it is, is discipleship is a challenge because people in our culture have misconceptions 
about what God wants to do now. It's like uh, we have a Duke Harbor report that we wrote, and we had some help from our student loan servicing agency several years now. But the very first chapter, and it's not my favorite chapter, but my, the very first chapter that I put in there was simply, I'm saved, now what? Okay, now what do I do? Okay, I obeyed Acts 2.38. I saw Jesus' name, baptism. I saw infilling of the Holy Ghost. I received the Holy Ghost. I spoke in tongues. Now what? If you think that God is going to move in your life, ladies and gentlemen, that is just the beginning. That is just the beginning of what God intends for your life so that you can live an abundant life you will be blessed, and God will get the glory, and other people will be influenced by that. Okay? And so I want, I want to talk about, in thinking about this, I was able to bring this down to what I felt were three preeminent factors that must be in place for an individual to transition from a convert to a disciple. real and genuine Christian maturity, okay? Very first one is the relationship that a person has with the Word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16. Brother Anthony's going to help me back there. 2 Timothy 3 and 16 says this. We have a lot of scriptures in there. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. You know, there's a lot of people that say, yeah, you know, that's that's just the thoughts of men. No, no, no. If you believe that, you're already starting on the wrong foot. This is the word of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Let's thank God for that right now. Hallelujah. This is the whole counsel. From Genesis to Revelation and all points in between. And it is profitable. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I know it's simplistic, but it's so true. That the very first, for lack of a better term, the very first article that must be in place, firmly put into your life, is the preeminence of the Word of God. Whether it's preached, whether it's taught, whether it's testified, whether it's you sitting around the coffee table and someone is just talking about the Word of God, there's something about the Word of God that excites, it ignites, it feeds us. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. I am still in love with the Word of God. I love great preaching. I love teaching. I love it all. And I believe that you do too. Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter number 2. And verse number 2 says this. When you first become a convert, you might think, well, man, I know everything. You know, the reality of it is... Um, you can tell that you're really getting on board when you finally come to the place where you say, you know, I just, 
I'm just doing the best I can to get by. I really don't know much. Because when a man thinks himself to be something, when in reality he is nothing. See, God already sees you as you are. And so God has to use life to balance, to get you over on his side of the balance so that God can work. God can't work until you're on his side of the balance. You are a newborn babe. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. It didn't talk about the flow of the spirit. It didn't talk about going over to Cracker Barrel. Yeah, where y'all going? Well, we're just going to hang out over Cracker Barrel. Some of you ain't never been there. I can tell just by looking at you tonight. I don't blame... We went to a coffee shop after church, and I ended up witnessing to every waitress about 10 times. There were some that said, oh, no, not them again. You take this table, okay. I couldn't help it. When, when you get a new convert like that, don't try to be a wet blanket. Settle down. You'll, you'll, you'll settle down after a while. You won't shout, won't run, won't talk, won't smile. Drink lemonade for a living. Nah, no, I don't want to hear none of that nonsense. You encourage that new convert. Go get them. Witness all you want. Flag the waitress that's a hundred yards away. Get her over here. We'll invite her to church. Turn the restaurant upside down for Jesus. Get on a table and preach. That's if you do that, don't say I'm your pastor. My pastor told me to do this. Don't go to a mall and start running 100 miles an hour down the mall, screaming at the top of your lungs that, you know, turn or burn or something. I don't know who you are.
that was working with my wife spun around and looked at me and said, I know you. I was a waitress at Mr. Perry's working my way through college. And you used to come in there and say, praise God all the time. That's a true story. Verse number three, I need to keep moving here. If so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. There's nothing like the word of God. Somebody said amen. What God is trying to do is God is going to mold and shape your epistemology, your outlook, your inlook, your opinions, everything. It's going to be completely remolded and reshaped by the word of God. You are the model. wasting your time. No, I'm not, that, that's not almost right. That is right. I wouldn't want it to be said of me that I actually sponsor somebody not making it. I want Jesus to say it's because of you somebody did make it. Let's clap our hands. You can do it. If you'll be God conscious, you can do it. Chapter 11, verse number 3, tells me, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. What God is going to do to a new convert is begin to reframe your world. What is a frame? A frame is a border. It takes chaos and turns it into order. There's perimeters, there's lines, there's boundaries. Well, well, you're not going to be saved then. Because if you're going to be saved, you're going to have to have boundaries. There's things that you can't let your flesh do anymore. Why? Because your flesh will take you down. God is trying to save the inner man. So you and God have to get on the same page on the inside and say, you know what? We're rising up against this old boy on the outside. You've been running the show for a long time. And guess what? I ain't going to hell. I ain't going down. I'm not going to end up an alcoholic. I'm not going to end up just being a nobody. I'm going to be what God wants me to be. The worlds were framed by the word of God. I, I still have... Uh,
logical than preeminent very first impressionable days where I was in love with the Word of God. I've got boxes and boxes of preaching that I that I got through the years, even as a new comic preacher saying, okay, man, you can't have that. Take the car and shut the trunk over the door. Take the first Sunday. Don't take the second. What is it? Don't go to hell, go to heaven. Man, I need that preaching. I woke up um, Monday morning and Sarah and I had got our headlights and parked the car in the other room. We got the bird in the door and I just said to Jean, I want to show you something. Bobby, you know I don't drive a car. I've got a car. today is in my mind, it's in my heart. I, I get emotional about it because it's, it's kept me safe. Praise God. Those are precious things. Don't, don't, let, don't let the hardness of your heart take those things from you. Those are precious. Those are precious. If you ever lose those, you become a different person. You, you become a person you don't even If you discover that you've become a person you don't like, you need to look in the mirror and say, I'm going to do something about this. I, 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 I don't like this. I see things I don't like. I've, I've become things I don't like. Find your place of prayer again. Say, God, take me back. My goodness, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. I'm talking to somebody. Don't be blaming your wife. Don't be blaming your husband. Don't be blaming some of the things that you, it's your own fault, some of the things that have come into your life. Don't be blaming all those things. Just say, God, lead me to an altar. God, let me find that place in you. God, take me back to the place where you first found me. Clap your hands and give God. He'll do it. 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 If you're honest enough and transparent enough and got enough boldness to do it, God will take you there. Hallelujah. Fall in love with the Word of God. I don't have to be the only one preaching. I love preaching. It's what God called me to do. I love the Word of God. I want to tell you what, we're blessed. We're blessed to have the degree of ministry that's come through here, and I thank God for it. I don't care if it's one of our young daughter work pastors. It's the Word of God. Well, you know, pastor ain't here. I guess I ain't coming to church. What a great example you are. While the cat's away, the mice are going to play. Well, you know, I don't. I stubbed my toe. I guess I'll just stay home tonight. Every word that's preached that God gave me, you will give an account for whether you are here or not. Because God had the answer that you've been praying for. But God chose the night. Oh, my goodness. I'm in the Holy Ghost. I got Bible for all this. We in Western culture, don't get me started on this. We have become so capricious. And so half-hearted. I'm just saying that's a spirit in our world. And if it gets on you, every little excuse. Well, you know, I, 
just didn't feel like it tonight. There's going to be sometimes you're just going to have to tell your flesh, you know what? I'm going to do the right thing. I know I don't feel like it, but I know what the Bible says. See, if the Bible doesn't reign in your life, you ain't never going to confront your attitude. You ain't never going to confront your rotten, fleshly attitude is going to send you right to the grave instead of you taking yourself by the back of the neck and saying, you know what, I don't feel like going to church, but I know it's the right thing, and people are looking at me. There's new converts watching me. There's people in my family watching. My children are watching me. Don't push it on the preacher to save your kids. you got a responsibility in this too. Hallelujah. we got to be conscious of what we're doing here. Say, Pastor, I want you to preach a great message, and I want God to come down and bless me. I want to get a word from God. Okay, what are you going to do? I'm just going to show up. Doesn't work that way, does it, ladies and gentlemen? My, my, my. As we grow, we can digest and benefit from the greater understanding and revelation from the Word of God. What God is going to do is God is going to take Maybe the text read isn't where your problem is. Maybe the opening remarks is not where your problem is. But I promise you, if you've been praying about a situation in your life, God is going to take the Holy Ghost, is going to take something in that message and say, I heard what you've been praying. And I got your word right in the middle of a message that you didn't even think was for you. And you're going to say, oh, my goodness. Oh, my, how does God do that? God saw in secret, and God said, I'm not going to let you suffer. I've got your answer, and because you're here. We have to be careful when we're being witnesses to what we know to be true. We have a, to get to know you. chapter 5, verse number 13, I'll keep moving. I'm not just, this, this isn't pot shot Tuesday. What is it, Wednesday, Tuesday? Okay, and everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. I remember, listen, I remember having Aaron Mayo, Jesse Gamboa, Evan Good, um, at the time Robert Navarro. I had a whole house full of these young whippersnappers. And they're all preaching this stuff. That's right. I had a house full of them. And I would just kind of listen, listen to them in there. And they were all using the word of God to try to, try to cut each other. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. Sister Mayo, she's smiling right now. There were, there were many, many, many nights that these guys went through every bag of Doritos and t- potato chips. I didn't get any p- potato chips. Brother Sessions, I didn't get one Dorito. I didn't get anything. 
I didn't get one thing out of the deal. These guys came over and ate me out of house and home. You know why I'm not complaining? Because two or three of them are in the ministry tonight. And they're reaching other people. You just, it's the word of God. They were loving it. They were so on fire. They're saying, you know what? I'm going to preach against that. I'm going to preach. I said, thank God we're not talking about who's playing for the Rams this year. Who's playing for the Raiders? What movies uh, playing downtown or wherever they go? I sound like a real old timer. Where do they go? talking about what's on television, what's on the movies. They were talking about the Word of God, and they wanted the pastor to hear them. They wanted to make sure, and every once in a while, I'd have to come in and say, now, boys, you know, lighten up on this guy. Poor Aaron, he got beat up by everybody. I'll tell you what, he's made up for lost time. He's a, he's a tremendous example of a tremendous young man. We're proud of him. But that's what being on fire for the word of God does. Just preach it. Tell it. Do something. In Jesus' name, clap your hands and give God praise. If you're quoting the word of God when you first come into this, there's a good chance God's going to end up using you. Good chance. Good chance. You've got to love the word of God. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Verse number 14. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even though who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. I love that phraseology. The King James Version has such a lyrical, anointed phraseology. He said, even those who by reason of use have their senses. What they're saying is, is that the word of God has worked on them. Word of God has done its work on them. And so when it comes from, you might be sitting back tonight and say, well, you know, I used to, uh, I used to be what pastor's talking about. You still got it. You still got it. Amen. Push away that second helping of cobwebs. Give us the testimony of the word of God. And when it comes from you, it's not going to be the sound of a little tinkling cymbal. It's going to come forth like the word of God, like it mean it resonates. It has a ring of truth. Come on, Brother Reed. You still got it. But if you've sat, if you've sat in a church and the word of God has never had any effect on you, you can't say anything. It's like, it's like you're Ananias in Luke chapter number one that refused the testimony of Gabriel the angel. There he is. Ananias has been praying. His wife is barren. She's been praying for years. And an angel shows up and says, your wife is going to give birth. Oh, how shall this thing be, seeing I'm old in age? You know what? This is how I'm going to do this. And because you didn't believe in me, I'm going to strike you dumb. And so in his old age, when he could have used Abraham, you see, the angel held him accountable to the rule of first usage. And said, because you didn't believe that what God did with Abraham and Sarah, God was able to do it today, you ain't even going to be able to tell anybody about it. But Mary, Mary's 14 years old, and she's going to be able to tell everybody that God overshadowed me, and that which is in me is of the Holy Ghost. Of course, she didn't do that because her culture would have said, hmm. Say the word of God. Use it or lose it. When you get with a bunch of guys that are 
Yeah, you know, I caught a 22-pound bass. They pale in comparison to what happened at church on Sunday. You know, some girl, she'd been coming with Sister Bethany, and she got baptized on Sunday. Woo! And Brother Kyle, he's, woo! And over here, woo! And all of a sudden, you got a whole church. Woo! Honey, that's environment. That's environment where people can be saved. That's environment where people can... You get some old laid back, dry, dead deal. Revival's done passed over that. It's okay to be old. It's okay to sit in the back. What? Some of you guys move back. I see you guys. Brother and Sister Reed, before long you're going to be in the sound booth. And the reason why I know he's there is he wears dark glasses. He's that dude in the dark glasses. I'm going to tell you what, you still can whip devils. I've heard you. Don't, don't write off the old ones. I had to get on some of, the young, some of the young bucks that were involved in the Word of God. They would look at some older ones and think, well, you know what? I want to tell you what, don't mess with Sister Casey. She's got a lot of word in her. Don't mess with some of these. That's a very half-hearted hand clap right there. I'm going to tell you what. When, when somebody like Elder Clark gets talking about the Word of God, it's time for the young ones to shut down and let that, let that word. Come on, man. I'm telling you, this is truth. That's what a healthy church is. Let the old lions roar. Sorry, I'm stuck on this. I'm not going to finish this. So you're going to have to hear this again next week. Okay? Part two will be better. It'll be a whole lot shorter. But I'll find some funny stories or something you've heard 30 times to say again. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Listen, I've had to break up a lot of scriptural fights in my living room. We had Brother Cody Marks. Remember this, baby? Remember Brother Cody Marks? Yes, you do. Don't do that to me. I want to tell you what, my wife's got more word in her. I know just how far to push her. And I don't push any longer because I know what's on. She's got, she's got some book in her. And that makes for a great marriage. Don't marry somebody who don't love the book. What are you going to talk about? Got quiet real quick. See, the world looks real good if you ain't got no word in you. My wife and I will just sit around with coffee. We don't need a radio on. We don't need nothing going. We just love to talk about the word of God. And sometimes she gets on it, and I just say, I'm going to park a while. Mama's on it right now. bad. Hallelujah. Strong meat belongeth to them that are full aged. Some of you older ones have been around a while. Use the word of God. Talk to these young people. Come 
up to him. Hey, you can make it. Bradford, you're going to get the Holy Ghost. You hear me? You are going to get the Holy Ghost. If I understand that Bible, you're going to get the Holy Ghost. Hold on. Hold on. And I'm not trying to embarrass you. I admire the fact. Look at this man. He's in the front row. He's dressed for church. He says, God, I want to get it tonight. I'm ready tonight. I came dressed for it. I've been in the prayer room. I want every lying devil in this world to see somebody that's prepared to get the Holy Ghost. talking about converts to disciples, and you've got to have the right environment. And you've got to have the preeminence of the Word of God in that environment. Adam and Eve were in paradise, and they messed up on the Word. They messed up on the Word. i got a few more minutes. Let me use them. Hallelujah. Number two. First one is the preeminence of the Word of God. Number two, and I'll park it here. This is what takes people from converts to disciples. Number two, connection through fellowship. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 42, some of you could quote this. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and and in breaking the bread and in prayers. They ate food together. I'm so excited about that building across the street because we're going to eat. And we're going to we're just we're just going to have we're just we're just going to have a food fest after we have a knockdown revival. And then we're listen, listen. We have almost we have almost filled the sanctuary in in between six and seven years. A little over six years we've been here. I'm going to predict to you that once we start doing everything I envision us to do, we're going to fill that first phase quicker than we filled this. You want to know why? Because we're at the end of this thing. People are tired of Fox News. They're tired of the negativity. They're tired of this nonsense out of Hollywood. They're looking for something real, and you and I have got it. There is nothing in this world that brings people together like the apostolic equation. They continued steadfastly in the word fellowship, and in breaking of bread and prayers. And at the end of every month, once we get our commercial kitchen in across the street, we're going to start, we're going to go back to having Super Sunday. And Super Sunday, I don't know how, I don't know how we're going to do all this. I'll probably say something and regret it because I don't have it all figured out yet, so I won't say it. I don't know how we're going to do it. But we are going to go from that church service into that multi-purpose area, and we are going to feed everybody. And I, several years ago, I bought a stage. I bought a stage for this very reason, because I saw it in my mind. I bought a stage. It was brand new. It was $5,000. It was used by a home missionary 
over in the Seattle area, and he sold it to me, sold it to our church for $2,000. We have it. It's back there. When we get back there, we're going we're gonna to put that thing up. And while we're having fellowship and we're having eating, we're going to have people stand up there and give their testimony. And we're going to do skits of people coming out of darkness and coming into light. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do godly spiritual things, but you're going to watch people start to cling because they have found reality in this world. I can hardly wait. And Brother David Gazandi is, um, is going to read the menu. And nobody can read a menu quite like him. He's eloquent and illustrative and has his own style of rhetoric. And we're going to give the menu before we even start the service. So John Doe in the back. You say, Pastor, they're just a bunch of homeless people. God can't save homeless people? What's wrong with you? They might have come in homeless, but when God gets done with them, they'll be driving out of the parking lot because they'll have a job. Clap your hands and give God the praise. God can do anything if we can create the right environment. I'm almost done. Tonight, I'm almost done. I'm excited about these things. And everybody that's Excited with me, say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. First Peter 4, verses 3 and 4. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. That's before you were saved. When we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. Verse number 4 wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. You know what that's talking about? That's talking about that once you come into the church and you have now connected with a new group of people, some of those dudes you used to run with, they're wondering, well, ma'am, what, you, what, you, what do you mean you ain't going out on Friday night? I remember, I remember there were some guys in a heavy metal band that I was in in Sacramento that uh, they, they heard that I started going to a Pentecostal church. Yeah. And, man, he got a haircut, got a job, threw away his go-go boots, quit acting like an idiot. And so they sent the bass player over with an eight ball of cocaine and had a busy plan for me to go to the clubs that night. He came over to my apartment, the same apartment I got the Holy Ghost in, on the corner of Fulton and Hurley in Citrus Heights, Carmichael. And I said, come on in. And uh, we sat. I didn't have a lot of furniture, but we sat down. He's little wooden chairs there, had a little kitchen table, a couple wooden chairs. And he sat there. He said, hey. He said, uh, I got some cocaine. Everybody knew I was a human vacuum cleaner before I got saved. He said, I got some cocaine. Why don't we uh, head out to the club? We're going to hook up with some friends tonight. I grabbed my Bible off of that coffee table faster than you could say one God. And I took it to Acts 2.38. And listen, I wasn't saying this to him because I loved him. I actually 
talked to him just about three or four years ago. He called me because of an emergency in his life. Hadn't heard from him in years. And I sent him a copy of my testimony. And, um, but there, it was that spirit. That spirit was coming back to see if it still had anything in me. Jesus said, the enemy of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. You converts, you listen to the pastor. There's going to be the devil. It's going to come back to you, and he's going to check every door in your life. He's going to see, are you willing to self-abuse yourself, to, 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 to touch yourself, to abuse yourself, to allow other people to He's going to try every door in your life. What you, you go grab that Bible, and you say, in the name of Jesus, repent and be baptized, every one of you. For the devil has nothing in me. I gave it up. I put it in the altar. It's under the blood. You can't have me. I'm now part of the church of the living God. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Oh, man, look at him now. The, old, the rocker's now the Jesus freak. That's all right. This Jesus freak is, puts his head down on a pillow at night and actually can sleep for a couple hours. I don't need the aid of alcohol. And I remember when I was a new convert, and I hate to talk about myself so much, but ladies and gentlemen, there's some stuff I've been through. Maybe I can help somebody. I was at home alone one night my apartment, you know, that church service, that's a long haul between Sunday, Tuesday, and the next Sunday. I hope so. Right now, the devil's working me, backing me into a corner. I don't know what I'm going to do right around Thursday. Well, I don't know. I guess I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you at men's prayer on Saturday. Why don't you hook up with him on Thursday? Oh, that's too quiet for my liking. Are you going to be part of this environment or not? Well, my flesh is busy. I'm reading the paper. On it right now. This is we're talking about we're talking about pulling people out of the fire. Well, I ain't got time. Well, what else are you doing? Well, I'm just being carnal. I remember I was backed into a corner in my apartment all by myself. And I thought, man, the devil started working on me about going to get a drink at the Tiki Hut. It's over in Freeport, home of the grass skirt. And I called up my wife's brother. He had just gotten married. This is a newlywed. Him, his wife, and Kirby, their parakeet. And I called her brother up. I said, I'm serious. I said, listen. I said, Paul, I said, I got to tell you, I'm just feeling really weak. And the devil's working me over, and I'm just feeling like I need to go to the bar. He said, you get over here right now. That's the kind of church that has revival. 
You don't need to be going back to no devil. You don't need to be going back to no bar. You don't need to be going back to your world. You don't need to be going back to your friends. Come on, man. I know what's at stake. I'm willing to put my schedule on hold. If I can pull somebody out of the fire, clap your hands. Stand to your feet and clap your hands and let's give God the praise. Come on, let's praise him. Come on over. We'll break out the chess set. I got some Coke from Pack and Save. I got some old turkey hot dogs. We'll fire them up. I am telling you, brother and sister sergeant, I look at it back now. If I was to eat some of the stuff I did when I was a new convert, it'd probably kill me. He had turkey franks and the lo- no, don't don't do this to me. He had some of he had stuff that would it was like battery acid for Coke. Sold at Pack and Save. Pack and Save had their own brand. It was on Florin Road, Florin and Stockton Road, and that was real close to where he lived. And he said, come on over, man. I got, we got hot dogs. We got Coke. I went over there. We played games. We talked about God. I felt refreshed. I went home that night. Didn't go to the bar. Take that one, devil. Take that one. The church stood in the gap and helped me go from a convert to a disciple. Clap your hands and give God the praise. That's a long haul between Tuesday and Sunday. Hallelujah. Making disciples. That's what we're doing here. And that's where the blessing is. That's where the reward of the Lord is. Let's lift our hands and let's pray together tonight. God, by the authority of the name of Jesus, we love you. We love your work. We see the day approaching. Father, if you'll lead people, if you'll lead people to this congregation, lead us to have a divine intersection with some life. God, we, I don't mind being inconvenienced for the kingdom and making room for somebody so they can experience your glory and the abundant life. Come on, let's pray. Let's lift our hands and pray together. God, open the windows of heaven. Pour out blessing. God, some people are barely getting by. Pour out blessings so they can, they don't have to worry about that. They can now concentrate on winning the lost and working with you. By the authority of the name of Jesus. Amen. God believes in you, and I believe in you. I believe in you. Shake hands, be friendly. Let's love one another. Bring somebody on Sunday. We're going to have a great time. God bless you. You're dismissed. In Jesus' magnificent name.